0: Have you ever wondered where the problems in the world today would exist if we had deeper connection to ourselves, others, and the environment, and acted from that place? Welcome to the Conscious Action Podcast with your host, Brian Berneman, who believes that connection is the key to taking conscious action as individuals and creating a better world. We are here to raise awareness and inspire meaningful action by sharing stories, knowledge, and conversations with thought leaders and change makers, from sustainability to well-being and everything related to conscious living, our mission is to empower you to be the change that you want to see in the world. Welcome, everyone, to a new episode of the Conscious Action Podcast. I am Brian Burneman, your host, and I have the pleasure to be joined by my friend, Zach Parrish, here in New Zealand as well. Uh, thank you so much, Zach, for, for taking the time to be here um, I have known you. I think we were just chatting, and um, over eight years, um, it's always a pleasure to to be connected and to be able to to share conversations with you. And I would love it if for everyone that is watching and listening to us, if you can share a little bit about you. Who is Zach?
1: Yeah, sure. Yeah. Well and and great to be here, Brian. And uh yeah, so I think um like like I was talking about before, I think it was about yeah, about eight years ago and we met at one of the festivals and and became friends since and uh, obviously also part of the Tibetan Buddhist community as well. Um but yeah, I guess it's been a quite a unique journey for myself. I'd um <clears throat> yeah, I mean I right now I have a business called the Awareness Academy. So teaching you know mindfulness well-being and also leadership training specifically for the workplace but to get here it's been quite a unique a unique path um so I was very interested in 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 particular Buddhism and meditation from a very young age I was always drawn to especially the philosophy of Buddhism and the psychology of Buddhism and how practical it was for helping and giving you sort of tangible tools to deal with you know the ups and downs of of, of everyday life and I'd always been, you know, very interested in it and very sporadic with my practice. You know, a lot of lot of temptations, a lot of challenges, a lot of distractions growing up in the UK. Um, you know, parties and socializing and and uh, and yeah, just uh, should we say let's just say a very hedonistic lifestyle and I I found it quite challenging at times growing up over in the UK. Very good fun, lots of fun socially, but I didn't really find you know, my calling or purpose and felt quite lost a lot of the time, just did mm. jobs here and there. And then I left uh, Left and travelled overseas and got a year's visa and went to Australia, had a great time there for a couple of years. But again, it was more of the same, lots of partying, lots of fun, but didn't really find, you know, my calling. And then I came to New Zealand and then I really found myself, you know, f- feeling just grounded and it was just a great place to stop and just have that introspection and just go inward and and go on that journey of kind of, I think, self-discovery. And I just found New Zealand was just the perfect place to really hold me and ground me and sort of start peeling back those layers of the ego, shall we say, and get to understand a bit more about who I was Um, you know underneath all these layers of who I thought I was and New Zealand was the perfect place for that and always has been and Mm -hmm. you know I'm so blessed uh, this country has been so beautiful and and so and so supportive of my journey and then I spent many years in sort of sales and marketing roles but then yeah I'd always been involved in Buddhism and especially Tibetan Buddhism Uh, and then I was very lucky to meet my my teacher and my dear guru who's a uh, a, a very well-known, um, sort of very high lama of the Tibetan Buddhist tradition, His Eminence Chodan Rinpoche, and his heart disciple, um, Ken Rinpoche gessie Gelton, who are part of the uh, gilugpa lineage of Tibetan Buddhism. And I was just very fortunate to meet such great teachers that became my mentors and really helped me to really deepen my practice and to and to really you know, to find ultimately my calling. And then I decided to become a monk. Um, you know, I asked my teacher and they said, he said, yeah, it's a really good idea. You should do it right away and gave me six weeks to prepare. I thought I was going to sort of take three years to prepare and, you know, just uh, gradually sort of make it a, a sort of a slow journey. But he had other plans and then, and then I spent six years as a monk here in New Zealand, and 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 started to teach, which I never planned to do. My teacher said, "You need to start teaching," and I started to teach Buddhism and meditation, and and it just it just it went from there. And then then I decided to set up my business called the Awareness Academy um, back in two thousand and nineteen, um, which is teaching mindfulness, well-being, and leadership programs, um, specifically to the workplace. So I came from a corporate background. Mm-hmm. I spent six years out of the corporate background when I was a Buddhist monk. Uh, and then after I decided to, to sort of become a layperson again, you know, I really I, – I, I wanted to bring – this knowledge this ancient knowledge and wisdom into the workplace, mm. so I set up the business and and then and then here I am, so very fortunate to now have my own business and 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 helped well just be fortunate to be able to spread a lot of that Dharma should we say to the workplace, but also very scientific based health and mm. wellness programs, so yeah, that's a bit about my journey, so here I am now still in New Zealand, and I came here on a one year visa. Uh, back in and i literally was talking somewhere recently it was just almost to the day so Mm. back in february the 8th 2004 i came to new zealand with a year working visa and uh, here i still am just over 20 years later wow that's it
0: yeah (laughs) Mm. amazing you know i i see a lot of times um people's journeys are are always so different and there's there's a lot on on your journey that as well I, i see on mine um the fact that you know i i talked with a lot of people that sometimes they discover their path whether that is with tibetan buddhism or with any other um tradition they find it through a lot of hardships like when they hit rock bottom um and i was fortunate that i found these teachings when i was young just because i was like i was Searching, I was searching or seeking something that I thought there's more to life than what I was living, and mm-hmm. and you know, like I was fortunate that my parents were studying Tibetan Buddhism. Therefore, that was just like the thing for me to to be able to to explore. And and as you're saying, one of the the, the things for me that that was pivotal in in my life was when I moved and I lived in the retreat center and i lived there for a few years and and how after that and i came back to society and it was like you know this needs to be shared more like i know the power of a lot of these teachings just for well-being in general like it doesn't need to be a big focus on buddhism like for me that informs a lot my what I share, of course, because it's a big part of my journey and what I resonate with. But as well, it's uh, being able to have that foundation to understand how to live well, because at the end of the day, that's also what the teachings are about.
1: <laughs> yes, yes, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, and it's good. It's interesting. And, and, and you know, just the point you're making there is that, yeah, I think it was, yeah, it's it's, it's interesting. You hear about this sometimes and people talk about you know, that, that that you know, you can find your path or find your calling at, at, at some point in life. And it's really true for me, you know, I really never found my calling, my true purpose and my true calling until much later on in life. And I think I think that's an important thing. And you do hear people talk about that, you know, maybe famous, successful people or leaders, whoever hmm. they might be in their vocation. And that you read about it in books, and they say, you know, it can come at any time. But I used to think to myself, blimey, will it ever come, you know, for me, and I was like, you know, and I, and, and it does, and it can, and it can come, you know, when you least expect it. And it Mm. happened for me. And just like your experience and, you know, my experience and, and, and suddenly out of nowhere, I found, and from that day one, when I did my first teaching, I was like, this is what I want to do. You know, it was like, it was just, I found this, I found my purpose you know, and and I'd mm-hmm. been on such a journey, and I'd had these experiences, and 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 it really works, you know, the Dharma when you really apply it, you know. And there's different paths for different people, you know. It just happens to be a Dharma path for us. Mm. When you find that that spiritual path, I think, or whatever that calling is, that really gives you those answers. You know, it's 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 so it's so so you know, you really feel so blessed that you know, like the expression goes in Buddhism, no mud, no lotus flower, you know, that all of that challenge and hardship and struggle and not knowing what I wanted to do or or, or, or finding my purpose and feeling lost, you know, was all this fertile ground, you know, to, for this kind of, you know, flower to blossom. Mm. And it's like, and, it, and it's, uh, yeah. So I think that's one of the best bits of advice I could ever give someone is that just, just, be patient and you know, just keep keep keep, you know, people well, just be patient and be open and, and just and, and let things happen, you know, mm-hmm. in their own path. And sometimes it might take a while.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. I, I, I love that. I, I shared a lot about this actually like in, in the podcast as well, how we all have our unique journey and we all find at different times in our lives different things and what we resonate with. And it's so important as well to trust that yeah um, to have the confidence that the right thing is going to to come at the right time as well um, and that i think that it's it's a big big part of the the journey and Zach, i, I wanted to talk in a moment um yeah. about mm, your experience with what you're doing with the awareness academy and working with people in the workplace uh, because that's also part of what i do uh, before we talk about that. I would love for you to be able to to share uh, with everyone listening um what for you at least in your own words um what is Buddhism about because I was just want to say like a lot of times I, I tell people you know like oh, i have been studying Buddhism Tibetan Buddhism for the last twenty years and yes. and a lot of times or even with meditation and people have so many ideas of what it is and I find a lot of times that that is what is preventing them from being open to what I feel like it's an amazing treasure chest of 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 things for our daily life. So oh, yeah. what if you need to to explain to people um what is Buddhism, what is meditation? <laughs>
1: Yeah it's a good question it's a it's a, it's a great question isn't it because there's so many and I always try and answer that because I've had this question before as, as simply as possible you know because uh, there's so many facets of it as 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 we know when you practice it and how 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 it helps you in so many different levels but I think you know to try and summarize it in in its most simple terms it's I think it's really it's it ultimately it's a it's a path that helps to to reduce suffering really and I think that that's what I think when you really look at what is the human condition and what is it for all sentient beings that we all want to be happy right mm. I think if we all really looked at it I mean different people have different answers of what is life about? But I think ultimately, if that's one common ground that we'll all share, that everyone wants to be happy and free from suffering. So it's a path to help, you know, reduce suffering and, and to find more happiness, and really just to get to know yourself, you know, but it's also important to understand, I think, and this is where I think, you know, sort of spiritual gaslighting can come in, in many respects, or people can try and you know, always try and sort of always only look at the positive and try and sort of, you know, make believe that life is amazing all the time and trying to have it that way. And I think the reality of it is, we want to. It's it's about you know reducing suffering and, and finding more happiness. But but it's self awareness and that self awareness path can be hard. Mm-hmm. You know, and this and the self the journey of self discovery and self awareness is not always easy. So when I say you know getting to know yourself better that is a challenge at times you know that is where you will come up and confront you know your shadow your some of your dark sides some of your aspects of your ego so that getting to know yourself better is not always an easy journey and it can be hard so i guess that's what i would say in its most simplest term it's about mm. you know it's about self awareness you know getting to yourself getting to know yourself better and that can be hard and and, tr- and just you know finding more happiness and and, and really reducing suffering yeah, that's, yeah. What I would say. that's what i would
0: say yeah you, you know it, it's uh, <laughs> i asked that because a lot of times i've been asked the same question and it's like and a lot of times i actually give different answers based on yeah. who's asking yeah. it as well yeah. Yeah. um because as i say, like i mean for me and and, and i believe that as someone that has practiced and studied these teachings for 20 years now it's like I know this, I know nothing about it. And, and I feel like it's, it's so wide and so rich of uh, a tradition and it's about human nature. Like for me, a lot of times, uh, like what you're saying, like I, I often resonate with what my teachers say about the potential of a human being and, and the path of liberation and what you're saying, understanding. That it's a lot around, like, for us as as the ones practicing it, beyond the more of a understanding from, oh, this is what the etymology means, or, like, more than the, how does this apply into my life? It's about what, when you're saying, it's about developing greater awareness, understanding presence, understanding what it is that I have brought up until this moment and how to take responsibility with that awareness being able to understand how to be with it so that that no longer is holding me in a sense so that I can go towards what you mean that happiness so that this is no longer a type of suffering that doesn't allow me to make a shift of awareness of understanding that Yes, of course, there is suffering. I mean, this is part of the the one the first noble truth in, in the Buddhist path. Uh, there's also a, a way out. There's also a way of understanding that as well. Yes, there is suffering, and there is beauty all around me. Yes, there is suffering, and there is love, and. And understanding for me as well, a lot of times, you know, the Uttara Tantra Shastra, like with Buddha nature teachings, is that we are already like whole complete. And we just need to under- realize that and get rid of all of the things that are in the way for us to get to that place.
1: Yes. Yeah, absolutely. That's a right. And that's a wonderful way you described it. And and absolutely. And I think it's uh, you know, and 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 going back to, or, or you know, on that point of, of of peeling back those layers, you know, and doing that, it's not always easy, like we say, and 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 I think we we are challenged a lot more in this day and age because, as we know, we have a lot of comforts. We can we can make life easy, but it's not always the best path, and and I think that's what's a big challenge these days: that resilience you know i mean there are many different i mean this is such a deep conversation but i think there's many different aspects you know to to why um you know people are struggling in particular in this day and age especially with the mind and and you know as we know mental health and wellness is is a real challenge and there's a real topic that needs to be addressed right now but it's also and it's a you know such a big conversation this but it's very important that we with that self awareness is key first and foremost you know, there's a really lovely model that I take people through in there, which is a triangle of mindfulness, which is a, a particular mindfulness model. Which is, you know, that's, you know, what what is, you know, the path or, or, or the path to self-discovery. It's self-awareness number one, awareness of ourselves and awareness of others, and then there's that acceptance. You know, life is tough. You know, it's, you know, that is that's resilience one hundred and one. You know, you get out of of bed in the morning and you think, oh, feeling in a great mood. I'm really in the zone. Everything's going well. And then suddenly something happens and throws us, you know, gets us off guard. And it's like, well, that's life. You know, life is tough. We don't know what's going to happen every day. You know, suddenly a pandemic comes from around the corner. I mean, no one was expecting that. And it's like, and and the level that we're able to deal with that or to accept it is going to determine how we get through it you know, two people can be experiencing exactly the same situation in life. You know, one of them is accepting it and it's like, okay, it's tough. You know, let's let's deal with it. Another person is really resisting it and is frustrated and is overwhelmed. And, you know, and, and and it's exactly the same situation, two different perspectives. It's the mind, right? It's mm-hmm. the mind, how we're perceiving it or how we're dealing with it. So there's that acceptance piece. And then attention. And this is one, of, I think, one of the biggest areas that I'm really interested in at the moment, especially in the training that I do, is, is attention as in, you know, paying attention to what matters and 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 not paying attention to things that don't matter right as well it's like we can really get caught up in 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 a lot of small stuff when really when we look at things on a bigger perspective you know so many of the things that we grumble about you know i love that expression can be first world problems you know mm-hmm. you know there are often you know we 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 sit there and complaining and it's like well do we really you know is is it really that bad and don't get me wrong there are obviously you know situations that are genuinely challenging that we need to address but there's that attention to that in that regard but also distractions you know and this is the uh, this is the a uh, that that attention piece is that you know we're being bombarded with so many distractions these mm-hmm. days and you know as we know all of these social media platforms all of this technology platforms their money is built around attention right getting our attention and it's like we know that that's what their, their business model is. If they've got us hooked, if they've got our attention, that's where they make their money. And that's taking us away from the important things in life, which is social connections, you know, having conversations with people, getting out to nature. You know, we're, we're tethered to our, you know, t- to technology these days. And if we're not mindful about that and we untether ourselves from that or, or, or just be mindful about it, it's a problem. You know, and, we're, we're, and, and not only that is you know, the whole narrative is you don't have enough and you're not good enough, you mm-hmm. know? And it's like, so we're not, you know, everything is is fed into that machine. And it's like, you know, you need more to be happy or, you, you know, you're not good enough, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, and, and it's happening very subtly, you know, there's coercion there consciously. And then there's it's a byproduct of the system, right? So that attention piece is really key. If we don't mm. unplug at times and, you know, go and go to these wonderful festivals that we obviously enjoy ourselves, these conscious festivals, we we, we take a step out and have more social connections. You know, we, you know, fulfilling feeling a bit, tired and it's easy to put on you know the next series of netflix or you know scroll through your phone get out get in touch Mm. with people you know you know be more social and it's that that's a big part of it and then of course the other part of attention is you know the focus of attention of meditation right so you know mindfulness and meditation and breath meditation whatever it might be is then the antidote as we know to the monkey mind so Mm. less we're distracted that the more the more opportunity we have to be a calm mind because we don't have the monkey mind so yeah Yeah. that's the three sort of a's that i found Mm -hmm. as the best model really i thought which is summarizing the the the, you know buddhism in that sense
0: you know yeah i love that
1: and it's not just unique to buddhism right either you know this is this is what i love about buddhism is the fact that this is human right you know i take people through this in my courses and they're not you know, no, but not Buddhist, right? You don't have to be Buddhist to understand that, right? This is yeah. what it is to be human, right? It's this just a good life. model, It's just a yes. good accessible model, right? Buddhism just has a very good model, I think,
0: <laughs> you know, mm. a, a well, good
1: practical model as well. You know, that's yeah. the thing.
0: There's, you know, I, I often when I teach at university, I usually tell my students like part of my background with this, and and then I tell them like one doesn't need to be. Buddhist, or even, like, learn about Buddhism to understand yeah. this about the human experience. These are all universal teachings. Like, the, I mean, this is my understanding. Like, Buddha didn't founded Buddhism. He just talked about yeah. the human experience. And then, of course, it was, like, put in, in a way that it supports its transmission so that after over 2,500 years, we can learn about it. And it's that human condition on how we live, how we've been programmed, how we are used to things. And I, I love one of the, the things that, that you shared that that is that you know there's so much stimuli and so much distraction, mm-hmm. and that paired with the fact that most people haven't been taught, and I know that I was one of um, in that camp how to be with our own inner experience. Therefore, we're all of the time escaping, seeking that distraction because we don't know how to be with our own inner mechanisms, both of feelings, emotions, thoughts, uh, breath, energy. We don't know how to be with it if we have been taught how to do that. And therefore, we are escaping constantly, seeking yes. that outer pleasure or that outer stimuli to fill in that gap. Yeah. But at the end of the day, for me, as you say, like the antidote for that is presence, and presence through, for me at least, partly it was through meditation, mindfulness practices, and yes. um, and this is a lot of times why like I love that we. Are able to share this more widely nowadays, like working with businesses, teaching at university. You know, like we can talk about these things because, like, not everyone is open to everything, but more and more people are more open to like health and well-being, to mindfulness, to to practices that can have a positive benefit for people's mental health and for people's well-being enough. At least so that they can function better in this world.
1: Yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. I totally agree, and and that's exactly right. You know, and it's and and it's these things that you know. I was with a client recently, and we're not. We don't. We are never taught this. You know, this is this is this is some of the most well. This is arguably the most beneficial type of education that we can give each other. And when I say this, I'm not talking about Buddhism, but these models that we're talking about, the three A's in the triangle of mindfulness, you know they're incorporated into psychology now and therapy and as we know there's when you go when you look at psychology counseling you know various different therapeutic techniques and mindfulness they all overlap in their in their commonality in terms of it's all about understanding the mind and emotions and getting to be aware of the mind and emotions and like you say or well, like you said about being with that discomfort because The only way you get a breakthrough from that discomfort is being able to sit there and and go beneath it and, and, and uproot it. You know, and, and, and let it go. And and what we tend to do is we, we tend to reach for the first thing that's available to avoid being with that discomfort. Mm-hmm. And 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 that's what's preventing us from, from going deeper. You know, our, 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 our body and our psyche, and I say this like a like our body goes through a natural detox if we're wanting to get healthy. So if we if we contaminate our body with, you know, intoxicants and bad health and bad food and bad lifestyle, you know, we we, we keep doing that. Our body will start to experience those effects. But then when we stop doing it, if we give the body the right space and the right environment, it'll naturally find balance and heal itself. It'll go through a detoxification process. It'll get rid of the toxins. You know, we go, we might go to the gym or do some yoga and sweat and, and it'll you'll start to get rid of those toxins. Naturally, if you stop putting yourself in that toxic environment and it's the same for the mind Mm. you know it's like it's like we've had this kind of potentially toxic environment and you know many people have had a very well we've all had tough times in our life and potentially trauma or experiences that have been have become you know embedded in our in our subconscious and we've had to try and deal with it and manage it and then when we're going through this you know, journey of meditation and mindfulness and giving ourselves some space, this stuff starts to come up. And it's almost like, uh, it's like a like a detox for the mind is the way I describe it. It's like, you know, we, we're getting rid of this, 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 you know, embedded, you know, stress or, or trauma or whatever it might be in our subconscious. And and it's like understanding that, 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 that is the journey of acceptance. There's that A again, is that, you know, seeing it as, as a healing process it's like when we give ourselves i love that expression it's in the space that the healing takes place you know you give yourself that space and you go on a retreat or you start to you know create a good environment and conditions for health and wellness and you'll start to uproot these things and see these patterns Mm -hmm. you know it's like with a relationship right when you're in the eye of the, the storm in a very um, how to say challenging or destructive relationship. We can't see the wood for the trees, right? Where you're both uh, 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 having these challenges and you're struggling and fighting and arguing. And I know this very well. I've been through that. And it's not until you remove yourself from that situation and you give yourself that space. And, and then that's when, you know, after a relationship breakup, it's painful, it's hard, we've got all that attachment, but then the, the the wisdom starts to come through when you give yourself space again. So, yeah, it's about understanding that and trusting and surrendering and honouring that, like you were saying, you know, trusting that process and, and realising that it just might take time. And, yeah. And yeah. But yeah, that's that's kind of yeah what I've observed and experienced for sure. Mm. Mm.
0: Uh, you, you know, Zach, like, uh, there's there's some of these things that that you're sharing that, uh, as you're saying, like this is this is part of our life. Like, of course, there's we all have different circumstances, um, and we all have the different perspectives based on our um, own specific configuration that we have. Um, and I love what you're saying there about you know like the space takes like the healing takes place in that space uh i I the way that a lot of times I talk about healing when I work with with people is healing is just a return to your wholeness like there's not like again that peeling in the layers it, it's that like we are already whole what we're doing is just we're just returning to that we are remembering that we have that and yes we need to actively do something we need to take responsibility and we need to actually create this space I know that for me it was paramount in my life those years that I went to live in the mountain (laughs) like for me that that was huge because up until that moment yes I was practicing every week or 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 sometimes every day sometimes not so much every day those but I was working I had other stuff like I couldn't in a sense get to a place of completely settling so that I could have that Developed and experience um, life in 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 my in my body in my mind and to realize like oh when I sit and I stay in stillness these are the feelings that come up these are the stories that I start to think these are the, and then with that starts the realization and as you say that that attention that acceptance and processing of that so that i can actually move beyond that and that doesn't need to color my experience anymore and then i am free to experience life slightly different and this for me it's it's one of the powers of you know like again as we're talking it doesn't need to be buddhism this is the human experience this is about being connected this is about being present this is about awareness as you're saying there's So much that we can do if we give ourselves the permission to do that. Because a lot of times people are in such a busy or like life and they're in autopilot, going so fast that it's hard to stop. And I see this a lot uh, as we're talking with like people working in corporate. Like every time that I go and I work, like, there's it's kind of like the there's no off switch it's like this go 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 so i I would love to know like based on your experience because you work in this space what are some of the biggest things that you see that are happening in that space And, and and how do you like work with that
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, it's a great question. And, you know, I think one of the things that I really observed and and became very clear and obviously spent a lot of time researching this after we went through this pandemic and, you know, I know this word's been used a lot, but it was an unprecedented time that we've just been through. Right. And, and, you know, we're able to deal with short sharp bursts of stress and anxiety from an evolutionary perspective. That's typically what we've dealt with. Right. And we're pretty resilient as human beings. But then this pandemic is the, is the first of our gener of, of a lifetime, right? And of a lifetimes, right? For a number of generations in that regard. But what's happened is that you know when you put people in this kind of long, chronic period of time of stress and anxiety and worry and fear, you know we get into this habit of thinking, and we're not used to it. And we know how 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 effective news is on on, on us, and how we absorb that. And we're drawn to negative and fearful news from a uh, survival perspective. You know, we used to, you know, be, be, be very aware and hyper aware of anything that was potentially a threat or dangerous from a survival perspective. That's what we had to deal with. So it's the same response that we're, we're going through when you're in a pandemic full of fear and worry and fear for your life. And then also you're being fed this news, right, this fearful news and negative news. So you've got this long chronic stress and anxiety. this. and then what happens is when things opened up after the pandemic, it's took a while. And it's still, you know, we unless you're aware of this. and 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 I think, are on your own journey of self-discovery or committed to it in, in a more, shall we say, dedicated way, you know. I mean, obviously we're all doing it in our own way, whether unconsciously or consciously, you know, becoming more self-aware. Um but 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 it's it's if unless you're consciously looking at yourself, you know, and and being aware of that or trying to get a bit more aware of it, <clears throat> you know, a lot of people have struggled and still have this what's called free floating anxiety, which is a which is a very you know, very, you know, powerful, I think, uh, uh, description of what's happened. You know, people get worried and people have been, people have found themselves triggered in a way where they wouldn't have usually got triggered like this before. So mm. it's just like, you know, the stress responses are like much, a little bit more sensitive. Things that they would have been okay with before, they're struggling with a little bit before, you know. So so I think we're, we're coming out of this tail of this, Pandemic still, you know, we're we're still getting back into a routine, and 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 resilience is the big thing that I'm working on, you know, and it's it's become, and and of course what's happened that's very important not just to mention that, but there's also the economic impact that's happened. Obviously, we've had inflation and and things have especially here in New Zealand. I mean, I'm talking about New Zealand specifically because this is the area that I'm mainly working in. But yeah, it's it's been challenging. We've come out of this experience of a pandemic, and then we've got all of the economic challenges that have come with it, financially and 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 you know in many different areas. So, you know, working with people to sort of just to I think accept that and to and to and to give pe- people permission to sort of be okay with that. It's okay if you you know struggling a little bit at the moment. If you're mm-hmm. you know, unusually triggered at times. You know, and it's okay. And if you're feeling unmotivated, motivation has been a big thing, you know, you know, ambition and drive. People are still, you know, struggling in that regard. So I've been working with teams a lot with that. So again, it's very much psychologically based, Mm -hmm. you know, understanding the mind and emotions, triggers, what is a trigger? And then when we get that trigger, when we feel stressed or overwhelmed or anxious, just accepting it, okay, there's that response, not feeding that narrative, Mm -hmm. not feeding that story of whatever it might be, You know, Mm. the, the worry, the concern, you know, those negative self talk stories that we have, you know, mm. the worries, the fears, the anxieties, and giving people tools to deal with that. So what I've been teaching and sharing with the, my clients are all of these evidence breath work practices. You know, the the four, seven, eight breathing is really powerful. The box breathing, you know, these are now very popular with Navy SEALs and athletes. And I was talking to one of my clients recently, that the rugby teams are now using them. You know, these are all performance techniques and 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 really good tools that we can use to help you know, deal with, you know, these challenges that we get, you know, the stress, the anxiety, the the triggers. So I've been giving people lots of very good grounded scientific breathing and breathwork tools to help when they're feeling triggered, you know, and also just understanding those stress and trigger responses that we get yeah mm-hmm. and like i said we're not taught this anywhere unless we we decide to go on a journey of personal growth or personal development unless we study psychology or counseling or or buddhist psychology as an example and other forms of psychology we don't know this stuff our parents are very unlikely to know it unless they've come from that background the only time we come across it is if we go and see a psychotherapist or just find where you know we're spinning out of control and come across a, a a Buddhist center or a mm. whatever spiritual center, and find a connection with meditation or mindfulness or a particular teaching, whatever it might be. So, we don't know this stuff. So many people. We're not taught it at school. And like I said before, arguably, this is the most important things that we need to learn at school, yeah. you know, how to deal with life, how to deal with emotions, how to deal with relationships with others, how to deal with rejection, how to deal with whatever it might be. You know, mm. we, we don't know this. you
0: know. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm working, the, as you say, with, with those beliefs, because as, as you mentioned earlier, you know, that belief that I'm not enough. Therefore, in relationship, anything that is either – um making that seemingly real. I don't know how to be with it. Or, you know, yeah. I, I I often say like and, and I have heard this long time ago. And like I don't know who said it. If it was the Dalai Lama or who, you know, like the world would be like we'll find peace if every like children at like yeah, in one generation if every like children at school like they learn meditation. Yeah. And and I can see from my own experience through that reconnecting with myself through taking that path of awareness, I have been able to find both love and compassion for myself and for others. Yes. And this, you know, like I, I love what, what you're sharing, you know, like with working with, with people, especially in business, because what I have found a lot of times, um, is that people, I mean, we're all in a sense different, but and at the same time, similar. We just need to figure out, and I know that this is for me. Uh, it took me years of learning and understanding what is the pathway that is going to resonate with someone. So I cannot, I cannot mention, you know, like the same things. If I'm talking to you or someone that has a background that understands Buddhism, then with yeah. someone that is working in an office that they don't know anything about Buddhism, they will will be more interested in the. Ah, okay, attention, concentration, productivity, like feeling feeling a little bit less stressed, like finding more balance in their life, both from their life on outside of work and from work. Like where where can I make those connections for people so that they realize the importance of this, so that they can get to that same place of rediscovering themselves so then they can be more kind and compassionate towards themselves and therefore towards others
1: absolutely and you've just you've just touched on something that we missed which is so important on that journey which is compassion you know and again you know you know that's you know i'm glad it's it's come because it's one of the most important parts of the conversation right when it comes to self-awareness too you know there's our own self-awareness We want to become aware of how our mind is operating, the mechanics of the mind, those triggers and those negative stories that we feed ourselves based on conditioning and based on, you know, false perceptions often that we've been, you know, taught or culturally you've become habitual ingrained in terms of our psyche but then there's also that acceptance and 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 compassion for ourselves you know where I think we're really hard on ourselves you know and society shapes us in a way that's all about being and like going back to that point that we talked about before is you're not good enough you don't have enough you know there's this kind of drive for more and to be better and to be perfect and we're just as the, the the human condition is imperfection. All of us are in terms of like our ego, we have the potential as we know for, for we have that capacity for, you know, enlightenment or whatever you call it, you know, full, you know, full self discovery, whatever, however you label it. But it's really important to understand that we've all got challenges and that we've all got imperfections. It's part of being human and we all make mistakes and, and life is about that. You only learn and grow by making mistakes, by mm. failure. And there's that acceptance again, like it's okay to fail. We're, it's, we're learning, we're growing, we're all ignorant mm. in some way, shape or form. Some of us are smart in some areas and hopeless in others. And some people are, are, are smart in that area and hopeless in that. And, you know, to understand and accept that and to support one another on that journey. And that's the compassion piece, again, that you're talking about is where do we come together and just support each other and and to judge each other less we got no idea what's going on in their lives or what's happened previously you know we're only seeing the tip of the iceberg with anyone right we're seeing the tip of the iceberg their persona their how their their characteristics are the tip of the iceberg of a, of a whole depth of 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 history and 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 experiences that we've got no idea, and like, mm. and that's where that compassion piece comes in. So that is always in the the the, the courses, the training that, that's delivered is having that lens, looking through that lens of compassion, because yeah. it's so important, you know, that we all lift each other up. You know, mm. you know yeah. that expression, the rising tide lifts all ships. Yeah. you know where do we create that swell of like you know lift everyone up and realizing that we 're all together if anyone fails in 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 a in a in a group in a environment we all we're all part of that we're yeah. all connected with that and it's mm-hmm. like how do we help each other and and to judge each other less and not give each other a hard time and 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 it's really important that compassion piece and i was talking about it recently again with some one of my clients and we're having a conversation about this and it was so important to really you know remember that you know we so many so much of the time people get defined by what they've done in their lives and 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 labeled by something that they've done in their lives and yet the past is gone You know, we can't change it, but we can learn from the past as we know and use it to grow and to transform. And, you know, examples like, you know, who are the best people to help an alcoholic recover from alcoholism? You know, an ex-alcoholic is going to be one of the best people to do it. Hmm. You know, who are the people to help people that have suffered from trauma or, or abuse, or something else that 's been horrendous in their lives, someone who's gone through that the same, and this is where you know like those those twelve step programs work so well because people have a sense of purpose they have a they have a responsibility to support someone through that program, and they also realize that that there's other people that have gone through stuff like themselves there's that kinship that understanding yeah. and realizing that i'm not alone in my struggle that there are yeah. other people and that's really important so i think going to that compassion piece is that again we're so, so often conditioned in anxiety you know we the guilt and shame that we feel from stuff that we've done in the past it's gone, you know. Mm-hmm. Regret, move on, and we can grow from that. We learn from that. It's only from mistakes that we learn. So just to move on, and and mm-hmm. that's so important. So that compassion piece is so important that our past doesn't define who we are at all. It's mm-hmm. a it's a it's a moment in time that's gone, and we learn from it, and we grow, and to not give ourselves a hard time. So that compassion piece is key. Really, yeah.
0: key. You, you know, fact, with, with what you're saying, like. One of the, the main things that through my own journey that I learned was the um, the importance of understanding how I label my experience, how I label myself, how I label others in terms of this judgment and how that is can be so profound into having some rigidity. And if I understand that, as you're saying, like in the past, like I cannot change it. I can redefine how I am now with that. Like if if I did something in the past that now with my now time awareness, I can see that oh, that thing that I did, like I shouldn't have done it. Well, in that moment, I didn't know different. Therefore, I'm not going to judge myself again, that compassion part, and I'm going to redefine how I see myself not as a bad person or someone that cannot do this or someone that is lacking this it's like no like stepping away from the labels and for me that was also really supportive into understanding how to feel the feelings in my experience to heal because I wasn't attaching a label to what that was and that is for me like a big part of that and and again that compassion is so powerful mm. because that allows me and allows all of us to lessen the grasps that that has in us. I mean, like, and I, I always with that from a Buddhist perspective, just talking about the three poisons on ignorance, attachment, aversion, like we are so attached <laughs> to things yeah, and things are so attached to us as well. Yeah. And being able to relax that is so important.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And you've touched it beautifully there. Is that, you know, there's that, you know, in the in the in the mindfulness models, the psychology models, the counseling models, it's all it's all the same, right? In the sense of how it's dealt with is we have this trigger, you know, this, you know, negative self-talk. Because and I know this well because I really struggle from it. I was a I was I had massive problems with anger growing up. It caused so much problems for myself and my relationships. I really hurt my ex partners. I also was also was hurt my parents and growing up and I know anger very well and I, it was how destructive an emotion it was, but it's like understanding that trigger when it happens you know, and seeing it. And then once you understand that and you you move through that and catch that and don't do any harm, first and foremost is do no harm is the most important thing that we can do. But then it's like, being okay that I made a mistake. And then I went through those periods of guilt and shame, you know, and I felt really bad. And I had to catch those negative self talk, you know, that it's like I need to move on from that. I don't want to feed that narrative, you know, and catching that time when we get that, 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 you know, that talk, that self negative self talk coming in and catching it and accepting it and realizing that, no, nope, let it go. Mm-hmm. And as we know in Tibetan, there's no such word, for, there's, there isn't a word for guilt in, in the Tibetan dictionary you know and it's like regret fine you know great you know be aware of it first and foremost if we don't have awareness around it and regret it we're going to keep doing the same things again and again so regret it but move on learn from it and 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 make a concerted effort to remedy it you know to regret to remedy to and to resolve to to, to, to not do it again and and to and to move forward in that sense mm. you know and so yeah it's that it's that negative self talk which is a real, it can be a real, a real challenge, you know, mm, and, and yeah. keep us bound in that cycle, mm. you know. And again, it's, a, it's very much a structure of conditioning of society, right? And you know, of of, of or certain certain cultures, maybe certain religious aspects, yeah. you know, that, that 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 can can be give us ourselves a hard time. But yeah, is mm. to be okay with it and and now move forward. You know, the past is gone. You know, and we can we can learn from it and grow from it
0: yeah definitely and you know one of the things that you touched on earlier that i think that it's so important as well is as we do that with ourselves we understand what you were saying about you know like the tip of the iceberg of understanding we don't know nothing about other people Mm -hmm. i mean hell like they don't know mostly about themselves just like we don't know mostly about Mm -hmm. ourselves and being able to to understand the importance of like getting away from this model of competition of comparison and to understand you know like we are all here together we can all rise up together and this is why for me like in part of the buddhist path in the the path of the bodhisattva was so something that resonated so much with me because it's like this is for all of us this is not just me like i'm just doing my own thing and i don't care about anybody else I like. There's a sense of of community, a sense of understanding, self of co-creation yes. that and that enables us to to lift each other up through our own experience. So it's mm-hmm. it's it's this interesting balance of I I do this work by myself with myself, and I do this work with others yes. and for others, and that is the way that then. We can get to the place that hopefully we can get us for society.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I totally agree, and I say this in this in the in in the same way is in the in the sense of you know half of half of the journey is is our own self discovery. So being committed to take responsibility and accountability, you know. So going back to the, what I mentioned before with anger, I took years to get over it because I was always well, someone else was always responsible for my anger. Right now, how am I going to grow? How am I going to transform if it's never my fault? How convenient, right? So we get to hang on to that narrative. You know, my anger's not my problem. They're causing my problem, right? So there's that responsibility. So that's the first part, that awareness that, you know, no one's creating my anger, no one's causing my anger. It's my own inability to deal with that emotion that is, is the problem, right? Two people can say, or, or, or one person can say the same thing to two different people. One person fly off the handle and go nuts with anger. Another person totally okay with it. It's their own emotions, right? So first and foremost, there's that accountability and and, and doing it. So, and then there's that journey, like we know, with doing mindfulness practice, understanding our mind and emotions, being able to de-trigger ourselves when we're stressed, you know, being mindful about when we get triggered, okay, there's that acceptance piece, there's that awareness piece, then doing that breath work, practice time and time again, and gradually we start to, start to over, uh, we start to uh, integrate that, we start to let go of those stories, we start to transform. But then the other side of the coin is the compassion. Hmm. You know, is that compassion for ourselves, compassion for others, but also being of service. And this is this is from my own experience. It was really interesting because I was asked in another interview, you know, what was the most significant time on your path? You know, and this was when I was a monk and obviously meeting my teachers was amazing. I owe so much, everything in many respects to my transformation, to my teachers, my mentor, you know, my, my, uh, Cho Rinpoche, my other teacher, Ken Rinpoche, Geshe Gelton, and, and, and those teachers transformed. But you know what, one, the thing that popped up when I was asked that was when I started to do volunteer work and, and I owe so much of this to one of my ex-girlfriends. She, she really pushed me and challenged me in my relationship with her. And, and there was a time when I was just feeling really sort of down and, unhappy and i had a good job i was paid well i was here in new zealand everything was going fine but i had this just underlying dissatisfaction you know i wasn't enjoying my my work i was feeling flat and she said you know what, that you're really selfish you should do some volunteer work it'll really help me and i was like yeah okay yeah and i took her advice and you know what i started to do this volunteer work for an incredible place uh, in, in in auckland and 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 i i started to do some volunteer work and just going to see these uh, a person once a week and then i took on another client and honestly it was the most incredible thing Uh, I, i how much i could help someone in just two hours of the time going around, supporting them, just being there for them. And these are people that had nowhere in their lives. It's an incredible organisation called Amitabha Hospice in, in 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 Auckland. They do these volunteer programmes where you just go and spend time with people. You yeah. don't have to administer, administer medication or anything. It's not – and you just got to support them in whatever way they want. But just being a companion, and I was like, wow. Mm-hmm. And I just came back sometimes from there like thinking, oh, my God, you know like the things that I complain about, I've got nothing to complain about, you know? Mm. And this was a real big time on my path. It got me, it opened my heart to compassion. And I realized just how, you know, how selfish I was, you know, and and how these things that I complained about or grumbled about were just nothing in the Mm. scheme of things, you know? And I think that's what's really important. I think being of service in some way, being part of the community, whatever it might be, you know, mm. as we know this. And there's so much research that shows that people that do volunteer work are really ha- generally m- happy people, happier yeah. people, you know, yeah. people that are, are, do jobs of service that really are, in, you know, that's their vocation, but also offer their time outside of it. Volunteer work is one of the best practices to mm. do, to, to bring ourselves happiness. Because mm. why? We give our own neuroses a break. We're not spinning the wheels again of, oh, you know, I'm not, I haven't got this or I'm not happy or I haven't got this. If we actually just stop thinking about ourselves for a few minutes of the day and start, you know, reaching out to others and help others, you know, we actually, like I said, give our own neuroses a break. We actually mm-hmm. start to realise that, you know, actually, wow, I can actually help other people and, and, and do some cool stuff and and, and it helps us. You
0: know, yeah. it always helps us. You know, as you're sharing this, uh, what popped into my mind was <laughs> I remember when I, my teacher was um, teaching um, uh, the story, the life story of Asanga and, and how like he was uh, trying to, to connect with Maitreya and mm-hmm. how all of these years in the cave and he was doing all of these practices. And it wasn't until the moment that he was able to to actually connect with that compassion, opening his heart, that it wasn't until he realized that Maitreya was there. He just couldn't see him. Yeah. Uh, for anyone that is listening to this, uh, I mean, the story is amazing. Go and Google it, like the story of Asanga and Maitreya, because I find that so powerful because we can do so much work on, like on the mind or on some aspect of our life. And opening the heart, opening ourselves to compassion is—it's so important as well. Uh, I love that, Zach. And Zach, I—I I want to to honor your time. Uh, now that we can talk way more, we might need to do uh, another another conversation here for the podcast. Um, but just to to wrap things up uh, in this conversation, is there anything that for everyone that is listening that you want to share, like? one nugget of wisdom something that perhaps you think people need to hear at this time
1: yeah well it's i think i'll try and, I, i'll try and sort of build into that one nugget a few nuggets within a nugget maybe um it's a hard one to, it's a hard hard question to answer with one particular thing but i would say You know, and I think what came up for me just a moment ago as we were talking was that, you know, we've covered some beautiful topics around, especially Buddhism, and obviously we're both part of that community, so it's easy for us to talk about it. But it's like, you know, what we're talking about and and the work I do and the work we do, you know, these are universal principles, you know? And it's like they're accessible to us all. And this is where we can really make a change, not just for ourselves, but for the world, you know, like you know love and compassion you know everyone knows what that is you don't have to be religious or or philosophical at all they're human they're human qualities you know and and space and mindfulness being more aware you know taking time out connecting with people you know just sitting for a few days just to do some meditation watch the mind you know the word gom is the the, the word the the tibetan word for meditation in tibetan is GOM, G-O-M, and it means to become familiar with. You know, that's what meditation is. Meditation is to understand the mind. Psychology is to understand the mind. You know, psychotherapy is to understand the mind. These are all shared values. So, So just sitting for a few minutes every day just to do some meditation you know, is so important, you know, just to start to become more aware of uh, the mechanics of the mind, how our mind works, because we're so often unaware of it. You know, being kind, being compassionate, you know, spending more time with loved ones, you know, realizing that we've got a certain amount of time on this planet and, and time goes quick. You know, really spend time together, you know, reach out to people, you know, choose a dinner over a series sometimes, you know, and, you know, you know, go for a walk instead of scrolling through Facebook, you know, connect with nature, connect with others. You know, we've forgotten how to do that often. You know, we, we get caught up in our stuff. And then the other thing I would say is, you know, which is all part of the training, you know, is is get a regular practice going, structure your day. And I know this very well, because when I've struggled or when I still struggle is when my structure goes out the out the window and we know this, there's a lot of personal health you know, and personal development gurus, we know that all of those. You know, it's shared across so many different, you know, uh, uh, belief systems and practices. Is have a structure, you know, of your day. You know, a morning routine. Get up at a certain at the same time. Try and do it every day. You know, do some practice. Go for a walk. Get outside. You know, do regular, you know, mindfulness practice. Get exercise. Get good sleep. You know, the five pillars you know this is this is the foundation of good health and wellness good mindfulness and 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 looking after your mental health and wellness getting good sleep getting good rest go to bed at the same time every night get good rest you know get good food and nutrition you know we know this it's everyone knows it but we forget it get movement and exercise you know and just improve you know keep those social connections strong so just the five pillars you know yeah you know, just focusing on those they are the, you know, they're what, what can really help us and, and, mm-hmm. and just take that time every morning just to sit and, uh, and yeah, just, you know, practice kindness and compassion because there's always an opportunity to do it. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh For everyone listening, um, as always like go back and actually pay attention to the things that we've been talking about because these aren't just, uh, things to like words they are things to actually incorporate to practice to familiarize ourselves with to develop greater awareness um and so yeah thank you zach for for sharing this before before we we go um if people are resonating with you and what what you're doing where can they find you
1: yeah so so my business is called the awareness academy so awarenessacademy.co.nz i I only do corporate well being programs, so I touched on just then the five pillars, but I do courses on mindfulness and mental health and wellness resilience, various different breathing practices, and I do leadership training too you know and 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 the great news is for businesses there are up to fifty employees. You know, one of my um one of my courses, which is health and wellness for uh in the management capability fund, you know, there can be potentially some funding available too if they fall into that category. So I'm very fortunate to have the government supporting, you know, some of uh and, and, and those government initiatives supporting it. So yeah, the Awareness Academy is my is my organization. And yeah, and if anyone wants to just reach out and has any questions, yeah, that's that's where to find me. Um, but if anyone in particular, yeah, is listening, that's what is in, you know, has a uh, has a job in the workplace uh, and has works with a team of people that feel that, you know, they could help, you know, or they would like to reduce stress, you know, and 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 build more resilience in the workplace. Yeah, I'd love to talk to them. So that's a bit about my my business.
0: Yeah, beautiful. Thank you, thank you, SAG, so much for for taking the time. As always, a pleasure to to connect. As I said, we might need to to have another conversation. Yeah. I'm sure that I will see you around on, on some of the, the festivals and another, another events, uh, here for everyone listening. As always, I would love to know, leave in the comments whenever you're finding this episode. What resonated with you? Uh, what did you learn? What are you already practicing? Uh, does your workplace actually do something in terms of, uh, well-being uh, mindfulness? i'd love to know that so just leave us a comment anywhere that you're finding this so once again Zach, thank you so much for being here and thank you everyone as well for for being there until thank you, bro. next time
1: it's been, it's been a lot of fun i've loved it it's been so much fun to chat with you and yeah i'd love to do it again and uh yeah thanks very much i have really appreciate it
0: thank you awesome thanks. thank you sack bye everyone
1: bye <laughs> What did you like the most about this episode? Take a moment to think about what change you can make in your life today.
0: Share your conscious action on social media using hashtag conscious action and tagging at conscious action instead, so we can celebrate your impact on the world and create a ripple effect.
1: One easy action we would love for you to take right now is to share, like and subscribe to this podcast. This will help us get these messages out into the world and inspire more people
0: to take conscious action in their own lives contributing to the better world we hope for.